We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Uh, your guy Cody here and joining me again, Drake Wally from the HorseshoeHuddle.com. Drake, 12 draft picks for the Indianapolis Colts. Insane. Uh, the most in the modern draft era. I talked about it a lot here. I've said it a lot. I still haven't quite wrapped my mind around the fact that the Colts drafted 12 guys this year. I mean, that's just unheard of. Uh, the, you know, They obviously had a ton of in the day threes um, and we thought maybe they would package some of those and trade up for a guy, but no, they just stayed put. They actually traded back, got more picks and just continued to add. So uh, the great thing is it's good for content, but also it's going to mean a lot more discussion, uh, which is great. Never going to complain about that, but man, let's just do this. Let's talk about draft grades overall, talk about the different players here uh, and overall give a draft grade at the end of this episode. So let's start here in round number one, pick number four. The Indianapolis Colts take a massive swing at the quarterback position, and they get the highest ceiling guy here, Anthony Richardson. What grade do you give it? And tell me about this guy. So um, the most athletic quarterback that's ever been tested in an NFL like combine history, uh, he provides what the Colts have never had, and that is a dynamic athlete. Don't get me wrong, Andrew Luck incredible athlete but he wasn't dynamic athletic in the sense that if he got out of the pocket there's a chance he could beat the entire defense just run around him run past all of them this guy is ridiculous he's like six foot five he's like 245 pounds i mean he's obviously going to drop a little bit of weight probably as he gets more you know into the regular season but he's the size of a defensive end and so when he's running the ball i mean if you're if you're a linebacker if you're a a defensive back he can outrun you and he can just run over you so you're, you're getting Cam Newton plus about .240 speed. So he can throw the ball downfield. I do think that, you know, we've talked, we've just exhausted ourselves on the positives. Let's get into what he needs to work on. He's, he's going to need to shore up short and medium accuracy because the way you score in the NFL, if you're passing a lot, 
which they won't be. But if you're passing, you're doing body shots like you do in you know boxing. You don't just go out there and try to get a knockout punch. You wear someone down with body shots. Well, you get short passes, and then the defense creeps up, and you hit them deep. It's the same way with the running game. I think he's going to have to get better, though, because he hits deep passes but can't throw those shorter ones as accurate. And I think as long as he can begin to process things better, it's going to be kind of rough at first. But he's he's going to have to continue to process defenses better because they they move far faster in the NFL and probably too fast for him right now, actually. So um, he's just going to have to continue with all of those improvements. That being said, I think that I would give this a very solid and I'm sure at some point I'll get criticism for putting this at the end of it, but an A minus. I don't say A or A plus, and I've been an AR guy the whole time, an Anthony Richardson guy the whole time. The reason I say minus is because the floor could be potentially super duper high and the ceiling could be the stratosphere, but we have no idea what his floor is going to be. You know, CJ Stroud, pretty sure what his floor is. Okay. Bryce Young, Will Levis, you, I think you've got pretty clear floors. You have no idea what it is with Anthony Richardson. He's too raw, too young. So that's going to be interesting, but still. They hit a home run. It's the best fit for them. More importantly, the coaching and the staff and the offense, it's the best fit for Anthony Richardson. Yeah, it's hard because I've been kind of floating through a couple different grades. Like I could go as low as a B just because it's like it's tossed up because you just don't know. But I think based off of where the Colts were, based off of the AFC right now with all the young guys and even old guys, like all the good quarterbacks in the league, like I just felt like you can't take the safe option at this point with where you are right now as Chris Ballard. You know you're entering you know a time where it's really make or break for you whether you want to admit it or not. It's make make or break for you. It's you have to hot. Com- exactly, and you have to compete with all these different you know quarterbacks. You have to compete with the Allens, the Mahomeses, the Burrows, just to name a few. There's so many young, good ascending quarterbacks in today's NFL and the AFC especially. Like I feel like if you went with a guy like Will Levis, you're scared. You're scared, and and I and I've kind of been in this place, Drake, where it's it's like, how do I say this? I mean, it's like, what else could you do at that point? You know, like what else choice did you have except go for the guy with the highest ceiling and put your money where your mouth is? If you truly believe that Steichen was the best candidate, then believe in him. Believe that he can get this the most out of this guy. And that's what I'm that's what I've been trying to like preach to people is just like, I know there's concerns with Richardson. I know he's not a perfect prospect. I know he might not be great year one at all. He might actually be terrible year one. He might. But you bet on the traits, you bet on the athleticism. I mean, this is a guy we haven't seen before, Drake. It's not just like, oh, this guy's an athletic freak. No, it's beyond that. This guy is like generational when it comes to the athleticism. Now again. The real question is, between the years, how does he look? You know, how is he? And obviously, I I think knowing that the Colts spent a lot of time with him, they obviously fell in love with the physical traits. They spent a lot of time with this guy. And kind of seeing Shane Steichen's, um, you know, history with some of these young quarterbacks that he's worked with, and even with Phillip Rivers, like he knows what to look for in a quarterback. And, and he even said about Jalen Hurts, right? He said, you know, he was too prepared to fail. And I feel like if he's going to sign off on a guy like Anthony Richardson, that's good enough for me, man. That's really good enough for me because he's seen what successful quarterback play looks like. He's seen what it takes, not from a physical standpoint, but also from a mental standpoint. He's seen what it takes to be great in this league. And obviously the Colts are all in on Anthony Richardson being that guy. 
Yeah, and and look, um, hypothetically, if you saw this guy start all 17 games, um, you know, I mean, I know that Cam Newton was far more ready. I mean, like stratosphere ready beyond Anthony Richardson. Um, But, I mean, he had 21 touchdown passes and 17 interceptions. And he had like, I think, 13 or 14 rushing touchdowns or something. He had to use his legs a lot. He threw a lot of picks, though, because his his mechanics weren't as refined because he was more of a runner. Well, that's going to be far more raw with Anthony Richardson. If he starts all 17 games, you might be getting opposite. You might be getting more like 17 touchdown passes, 21 picks. But maybe like because he's faster than Cam Newton maybe you're going to be looking at more like 14, 15, 16 rushing touchdowns because Cam Newton didn't have Jonathan Taylor. He didn't have Zach Moss. He didn't have Deion Jackson. He didn't have Evan Hall. He didn't have uh, Shane Steichen, who was a guru in running back committee work. I mean, my goodness, look what he did with Philadelphia. Don't tell me Anthony Richardson's not in the best hands. If he fails, he failed in the best hands. Okay, so yeah. that's why you take that shot. And, and like you said, you are dealing with now, what happens if Levis hits his ceiling? What happens if Stroud hits his ceiling? Trevor Lawrence hasn't even hit his ceiling, and he had a ridiculous comeback in the wild card round against the Chargers and got to the divisional round and battled Patrick Mahomes. Now he gets Calvin Ridley, dude. Okay, give me a break. That is going to be a scary offense. So you need to equip yourself, especially now. Look at the AFC South. It is totally different. And if all three of those guys hit their ceilings, they are going to be battling for that AFC South division every single year. And it's going to be a toss-up. So you've got to get Anthony Richardson. Got to go with the trades. Got to go with the ceiling. Yeah, so this is why it's like it's so hard for me to put a like a grade on Anthony Richardson because it's I like I grade it based off of a couple different factors, right? I mean, in terms of where the Colts were and like what they needed to do and like the potential, A+. plus. Yep. We don't know what Anthony Richardson, the player, is going to become, right? He is like the least refined quarterback we've seen in a long time, but he's also the most talented. So it's so weird. Like you could go – you could go – you know, B, C, you could go that way or you could go A, A plus. Like, I really don't think so. I think for the sake of this, I'm going to go B plus right now. Very easily could turn to an A or an A plus. Very easily could go to a B, C, D, F. You know, you never know. Uh, because it's such a high draft capital, such a raw prospect, but such a talented prospect. It's very hard for me to give a grade on Anthony Richardson. So I'll go with a B plus for now uh, based off of what the core need to do, the potential. And, you know, you talked about it, you know, you get, you put him in basically the best hands possible to get the most out of him. So I think you needed to take that risk where you were right now. I mean, Will Levis wasn't going to do it. I don't even know if CJ Stroud was going to do it. I mean, Anthony Richardson, from a talent standpoint, he was the only option, I think, for the Colts. And the Colts knew that I mean, they were on in this guy like a month ago. And even Morocco Brown was on last August on Anthony Richardson. So, yep. I mean, for sure, I think this is one where, it's hard to give a grade, but I think for the sake of that, I'll go there now. Subject to change, depending how he looks year one, year two. So uh, let's move yeah. on now to some other picks here. Uh, the Colts obviously traded back from 35 twice. They acquired a fourth-round pick and a fifth-round pick. They got cornerback Julius Brents, uh, Indiana native, grew up, said he idolized Bob Sanders. That was player. And uh, that is a great comparison, especially when you play DB. Uh Obviously, Colts fans love Bob Sanders, remember him well and what he was able to do. And Julius yes, Brents, Bob Sanders. Yes, Julius Brents. I mean, he's a guy that can lay the wood a little bit. I mean, he's six foot three as a corner. He's got the size, got the length. He obviously has some flaws, but I felt like for where you were at 35, the fact you were able to trade down twice, none of the guys, none of the corners really went that you probably liked 
I don't think any of the corners actually went between 35 and 44 when you traded back. Uh, and you were still able to get your guy in a couple additional picks. Uh, I thought for the value of that, that was a great trade that Ballard made down. But as far as Julius Brent's a player, what grade would you give this year where the Colts drafted him? You know, it was it, it's hard to give. It's just so hard to give grades. You know what I mean? Um, and and it's even harder with certain players. Now, Anthony Richardson, that's one thing because it's a quarterback. And like you said, you're factoring in, well, duh, they needed a quarterback. And quarterback is the hardest and most important position in football and maybe the hardest to play in sports in, in when you factor everything into one spot. Um, but cornerback is a need that they didn't just need. It was a desperate need. It was like, please, for the love of God, pick two or three corners. They did. So they started with Julius Brents. I give this a solid B plus. I give it a B plus because um, he's very raw. He is a little bit of a worry sometimes with route coverage, um, but he's going to grow. He's going to grow with Gus Bradley. He's his own guy. Gus Bradley's his own a zone defense type guy. He's going to help him shore up the, that man coverage though. But this is a dog we're talking about. This is a dude that they traded back twice. They got more picks and still got this guy. Are you kidding me? He could be a DB one within a year. I mean, for all I know, this could be an A plus dude could be starting day one and he could be locking people down like sauce Gardner was okay. And obviously he's a second round pick sauce was a first round pick, but I mean, you, you know, you could, you could get some serious talent out of Julius Brent's, I love the pick. Bring him back home. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go solid B here. Subject to change, of course. Uh, but I think for those reasons you said, I mean, I thought he was drafted about right where he should be. I thought it was a solid pick overall. He can turn into a really legit corner. He does have struggles. He does have issues. But I think oh, overall, yeah. it was a solid pick at a position of need that you really needed. So I'll go a solid B here. If I'm giving it a percent, I'm probably going 85, 86%. So kind of the fringe B, B plus territory there, kind of right where you are there, a little bit lower for me on Julius Prince. Now, here's a guy, my opinion, man, pick 79 was the steal of the draft for the Colts. Josh Downs. I will never stop talking about how much I love this pick. I don't know how in the world teams let him slip all the way to 79, but they are going to regret it. I tell you what, Julie, I mean, talk about Josh Downs. I mean, the size is the only concern, but that's not really a concern because you've seen guys that size make a big impact. And Josh Downs has been so productive at the college level playing with Drake May. He's been so productive. I mean, he's had over 1,000 yards in back-to-back seasons. Last year, he had 11 touchdowns with North Carolina. Talk to me about this guy, the value here, and what grade you give him. You know, Josh Downs is one hell of a player. And like you said, how did he fall to the third round? No idea. Um, I'll tell you why he's a bargain pick, though, because Ballard abandoned his own standards. All right. He finally went with someone who's under six feet tall. All right. And, you know, the impact T.Y. Hilton had being like five foot nine, five foot ten. Guess what? Tyreek Hill, he's five foot ten. He's an inch taller. All right. He's a smaller guy, like 180 pounds. Okay. He destroys defenses and still does it in Miami. This is the same type of dude. I think he's more of like a T.Y. Hilton type, but this is a guy who has absolutely crisp route running. He's going to provide a quick out, a quick, reliable safety blanket. He's going to get the ball quick and in space one hit type of guy. I, I think that, I mean, he had like 195, 194 catches in his last two seasons and that's not one heavy season. No, that's like a hundred and then 95 the next a thousand yards in each, I think 11 touchdowns and eight and one 
this is a guy who is productive. Shane Steichen obviously loves this guy. And I think that Chris Ballard got talked out of finally abandoning all of that got to be six foot tall or, or taller because Shane Steichen's like, look, I'm running the offense. I think this guy's going to be a playmaker. He started to abandon that with Isaiah McKenzie. And I, I love the fact that he did that with Josh Downs because this dude, I give it a solid, solid A+. A-plus for me as well. I mean, perfect compliment to Pittman and, and Pierce. I think perfect compliment for what they want to do offensively. Now they have two guys that can play the slot, two guys that are weapons, you know, that can just throw the ball, get the ball in their hands, let them go to work. Two guys that I think maybe could contribute on special teams, although I don't know if Josh Downs will. He probably could because he's elusive and he can, you know, he's good with the ball in his hands. But, you know, just a guy that when you lost Paris Campbell, man, you needed us, desperately needed a really good slot option. And I feel like Josh Downs is probably – one of the best, if not the best guys in the draft for that slot option. I mean, Reggie Wayne talked about how he really felt like he called him ahead of time, and he told Josh Downs, you are the best player, the best wide receiver in this draft. I really feel that. And he told him, we need you. I need you. And, I mean, you got to if you're Josh Downs, that's got to give you a confidence boost for sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, and you're talking about Reggie Wayne, who will be in the Hall of Fame one day, and he understands the position. And look, last year was his first year. Not saying that you get that you can give him a pass because this is the NFL. You can give absolutely no passes, regardless of the situation or what's falling apart or what's not. But that is a team that actually had some pretty good receiver play. Given the, the constant carousel that was happening, man, they did not play too bad at all. Now, give the man consistency. Now you got Shane freaking Steichen over here. Now you've got Isaiah McKenzie, and you've got a guy that you wanted and you personally truly believe is the best receiver in the draft. That's perfect. That's just absolutely perfect. When he put on that, when he put on that Colts hat, and you could see he was probably bathed in champagne. <laughs> like, but when he put on that Colts hat, he absolutely looked perfect. So I think that's going to be one of Anthony Richardson's best friends right there, for sure. Maybe even Gardner Minshew. Yeah, for sure. And the great thing, we talked about this actually in, in the episode on my show as well. Um, Josh Downs does so much work in, in the short to intermediate game. And that's really what we talked about. You talked about earlier with Anthony Richardson. That's really need, he needs to improve. And that's where he yep. needs to get better in. Um, and Josh Downs, I think, is going to be a great asset there to help him develop that game. And uh, I think it's just a perfect pairing. You did it with luck. You did it with Manning. You got them, you know, 
targets here. It's kind of crazy the parallels here uh, between the 2012 draft and the 2013 or in the this draft 2023. Uh, the fact that you took a quarterback one, you took a wide receiver three, an undersized wide receiver to add. Uh, I think that's just great. That's absolutely great for what they want to do, and I'm excited to see what Josh Downs contributes to this offense. I think he's clearly a day one starter, and he's going to contribute heavily in the slot from day number one. All right, let's move on now to another pick. The Colts had the first pick in the fourth round, the Indianapolis Colts, from their trade with Julius Prince. Uh, they have two fourth-round picks, but with their first pick here, uh, their own fourth-round pick, they take offensive tackle Blake Freeland out of BYU, um, six foot seven, almost six foot eight. Uh, a little over 300 pounds, so a little bit lighter for a tackle, especially for that frame. But you got to think, Drake, this, this is a guy that the Colts view as kind of that swing tackle guy. He's had some experience at left and right tackle at his time in, in college. And also, I feel like the Colts probably feel this way too. He can get stronger, he can get bigger, and he can contribute maybe in a couple of years here. And he can potentially push Bernard Ryman at left tackle. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but you add some competition here uh, for Ryman. Yeah, and hey, look, uh, I'll go back to it till I'm blue in the face uh, until the well, the Colts I think finally did do something. But last year, you had one guy in Matt Pryor who had some playing experience, but did not ever look good. Never looked good. Okay, then you have Danny Pinter who looked good at center. Okay, right. <laughs> he looked good at center, which is his natural position, by the way. And so then you throw. Matt Pryor in there trusting him, saying, you know what, he improved in training camp. We don't need competition. He's good. Perfect. Then you put Danny Pinter at a new position. He was perfect. We don't need any sort of competition. He's going to be fine. Those were the two by pro football focuses grades, which I know those can be kind of blurry, but this tells a story. They were the two absolute by far worst blockers. They could not do anything when it came to those positions until Pinter went back to center. They were awful. So you cannot trust that. Absolutely not. You can't trust Ryman yet. He hasn't been two, three, four years solid as heck. You know, he hasn't been putting up performance after performance. So I think this is good. In fact, uh, I won't read the whole um, excerpt that I wrote, but with the needed interior offensive line being greater than tackle, it receives a lower grade than usual. However, Freeland of BYU is an athletic freak perfectly fitting what they look for in a blocker. So I give this a C plus. Okay. I think that, you know, he's more of a depth piece right now. I think, I, th- I do think Raymond's the starter and I do think that they are not going to move Braden Smith because why would you do that? Right. Um, maybe he pushes Ryman out of that spot. Who knows, but he's at least a good backup if somebody gets tweaked. And we know the importance, like you talked about, of a, of a backup left tackle. I mean, oh, yeah. the Colts have experienced that on the positive and negative side. A couple of years ago, man, you know, when they had that COVID game down in Arizona and they were out like three or four offensive linemen and they needed guys like Will Fries, uh, you know, you needed Matt Pryor in that game and a couple other guys to step in and play. And they did. They played well enough. Were you able to actually go down there and win that game? Despite not yeah. having all those you know players that were so key to your success uh, on that offensive line, so I think just having tackle depth, you can never have enough depth on the offensive line. I feel like it's like it's like corner in that way, where I feel like you could always probably look to add another player or two in the draft about every year, um, and you know never go wrong on that because you never know. You know, 
only takes one play, and then you're down one of the most important positions in the NFL, uh, you know, on the offensive line. So really important, I think, for the Colts to get some tackle depth. I think it was clearly a need. Uh, I know you said maybe interior was a little bit more of a need, but I'll give it a solid B. I really feel like Friedland, for the athletic traits you're getting for him, uh, I mean, he's right up there with anybody in terms of athletic traits. If he can get a little bit bigger, I think he can be a solid, you know, backup guy. And maybe eventually, you know, maybe he finds his way into, you know, I know he didn't play a lot of guard, but, you know, maybe down the stretch, man, he finds his way into competing for one of those spots. Um, if the Colts deem that necessary, or maybe he, he does push one of those guys out at tackle, or maybe he is just a quality backup for a couple of years on his rookie deal. You don't know. There's a lot of options you could go with him, but definitely take the upside with him on the traits there. So I think yeah. it's a solid pick. Wasn't overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we got him. But, you know, I thought it was a solid pick for the Colts overall here in the fourth round. Now, the other guy here the Colts drafted, they went to the defensive line here. They signed, they drafted defensive tackle Adabawari. I think that's how you say it. Maybe not. Uh, that's my best guess at it. A Adabawari. Uh, and I felt like just from physical standpoint, this was what Ballard was talking about when it came to day number three. Traits, traits, traits. That's what you're looking for. You take the best player on your board, not necessarily a need, but you get the best player on your board and you live with it and you move forward with it. And he he clearly was. And a lot of people thought this was another steal here for the Colts. Some people had him, man, a day two pick. And the Colts were able to get him here in round number four. He's going to probably factor into that three technique position sitting right there behind DeForest Buckner. But maybe he does play some quality snaps if Buckner needs a rest because Buckner's played so much on that defensive line, probably more than anybody on that defensive line. And so if you are able to give him a little bit more of a break as he's getting closer to 30, I don't think that's a bad idea. No. And last year, you know, him and uh, Grover Stewart were arguably the best duo um, of defensive tackles outside of maybe somebody or like, like two guys in, in, uh, you know, Philadelphia, these guys played constantly though. And who knows how they would have played if you just would have cut their snaps and, you know, just a little bit, kept them a little more fresh and refined. Um, I, I love, 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 love this pick. He's undersized like Aaron Donald. Um, but I don't think Aaron Donald ran a 4.4940, which, by the way, for anybody that's curious, that's faster than Julius Brent. Okay, so that's terrifying. I mean, you're talking about a defensive freaking lineman that runs a 4.4940. That's insanity. So if he beats you around the edge, you're done. Yeah, I mean, my goodness, you're not going to get him. He's going to be underneath your arms because he's like six foot two. By the way, he's like he's undersized. He's a smaller dude. But I think that he it's also huge that he can – I think they're going to move him. I think he's going to move all around that defensive line. I think he's going to move over to end. He's going to provide depth there. I think he's also going to provide depth there like Bryant does right now. And um, I, I believe Johnson uh, – is it yeah, Johnson for the Colts that they drafted last year. So I think that this is a fantastic pick. I give this an A- minus, uh, if for nothing else than the athletic traits and the bargain that they got. Yeah, I mean, just because I felt like you needed a few more positions of need, I'm going to go B, but I do like the athletic trade. Oh, 100%. So like, I see what you're saying. I just am like, oh, man, you know, you could have probably got an, you know, maybe an interior offensive lineman here. Maybe you could have done something like that or maybe another position. But you know what? Like, we know Ballard always wants to get a guy. He always wants to get – you know, one of his own guys that he's like, hey, I drafted a quarterback. Let me do my thing here. Let me get a defensive <laughs> lineman. He's always, I listen to everybody else now. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Ballard draft if he didn't go get an athletic guy in the D-line. That's just kind of what they are, man. That's kind of what he does. It's kind of his MO here. And so the Colts go back-to-back picks on the line. And 
The Colts probably love this pick. I mean, from what we've seen, they, they love it. They get another versatile and athletic defensive lineman. I tell you what, man, this defensive line for the Colts, they are so athletic. It is crazy how many athletes they have on this defensive line. Now, you hope it works out. You hope it pans out. You hope a couple of these guys that you drafted do eventually you know, pan out and become what you're hoping they will become. But just from a pure athletic standpoint, the Colts just continue to add to this room. Yeah, and look, he said you can never have enough pass rushers. He's also said if I could have 53 DeForest Buckners playing <laughs> playing for me, I'd want that. So yeah. you, you want to preserve DeForest Buckner while also adding all of those pass rushers. This is a guy who's undersized, but again, you know what? For where they're getting him and his athletic traits and that incredibly ridiculous speed where he's beating your defensive backs in a 40-yard dash. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, that is wild. That, so that, I think that that this speed, could be a big pick. That speed is yeah. crazy. Like I, I, that's, that's unheard of, man. That's unheard of. It's almost as fast as Anthony Richardson for anybody who's curious. Gosh, man, what? There's good athletes, man. Every year they get the last, only the last two or three drafts. Just like every guy, pretty much is a nine or over. It's just crazy. So yeah. he's a definitely another one guy, another guy there that they really love uh, on that defensive line. Continue to add depth there. Um, one of the guys, and I think. Josh Downs was my favorite value pick. This guy's a close second. Cornerback Darius Rush. I have no clue how he was there in the fifth round. I thought he was a I thought he was a third round pick. I really did. I had him projected there. I really thought he was a clearly I thought he was a you know potential day two pick there. Um, and somehow he slips all the way down. Colts double dip at corner. They go and get their guy here, Darius Rush, another big physical corner out there that has a ton of athletic traits that you love. And I feel like the Colts stole him here. What are your thoughts on him? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I I could not agree more. In fact, um, I, I know that in my in my piece, I gave the Josh Downs grade an A minus. I felt a little different here after kind of kind of thinking about it. But this is one that I actually wrote was an A plus. I I it was the only A plus that I graded uh, with a couple A minuses. This this is ridiculous. I mean, he was a second, third round pick that just falls to the fifth round. And, and you'll see this as a, as a habit that starts happening um, with Ballard. He's athletic. He's quick. He produced uh, he produced for the uh, for South Carolina. I do think that he has a lot of room to grow, which is why maybe he fell. Maybe they didn't. Maybe certain teams didn't feel like he was ready enough yet. But I think that this is a fantastic pick. And I was hoping to God that they would get him. But I did not think that this would happen in the fifth round. So. Bravo, A+. Plus. They needed more corner. Yeah, I agree. I'd give it an A-plus as well. Do you feel like Darius Rush could seriously compete for some playing time this year? Uh, well, Ballard even said in his, in his presser, that's why they drafted so many cornerbacks, is because they wanted competition. And um, you got to think that, you know, we'll get to the third one later in the seventh round, but all three of these guys they've drafted, they're going to jump in there. Julius Brents is probably going to be expected to start Darius Rush is going to have a good opportunity to push someone to start, and so could, so could who the gentleman will talk about later. All three of these guys, they could have a position to truly start because it's no offense to Dallas Flowers or the other uh, guys that were on the depth chart, but you have Kenny Moore, then you had Isaiah Rogers, and then you had a steep decline 
in like quality and experience. And so these guys are kind of come in hungry. I wouldn't be surprised if Darius Rush starts. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts in packages or you see a lot of him on the field. Yeah. Love this pick for Indianapolis. They go back to the secondary with their second, fifth round pick. They take Cal safety, Daniel Scott. I mean, a guy that's played a ton of special teams at Cal. Uh, obviously, he will probably be projected in as the fourth safety currently. But Chris Ballard didn't rule out the fact that he may see some playing time, depending on how he uh, looks, you know, in training camp and stuff, which I thought was interesting. I kind of felt like maybe it was more of a, you know, Jordan Glasgow kind of pick, you know, from a couple of years ago. Obviously, Glasgow was a little bit later, but, you know, kind of guy that like, yeah, he plays a position, but he's really more of a special teams guy. But Ballard kind of opened the door for potential a little bit more here. Well, and it, you've you, they they started Nick Cross last year, and then they benched him basically because they they figured out, holy cow, he's not ready like we thought. So this might be just him shoring up safety. You know, I know you I know you shoring up a lot, but that just means like just bolstering depth. You want depth. You don't want to lose two guys to injury, and then you got no one, or you have to move people. So this could be that, but I think this is more on the end of let's take a flyer on the guy. We think that he's got a lot of potential. He's clearly a special teamer. So start him there. Mason's going to love him. He's going to get all sorts of, you know, excited, you know, uh, plays from him. And if he goes out there and dominates on special teams, kind of like Isaiah Rogers did, you might actually see him start get more reps and, and maybe he plays corner. Maybe they can, you know, shift him. Maybe he's a zone hybrid linebacker. There's a lot of things you can do with safeties when they come out of college. So there's a lot of reasons too that they would pick this guy. I do give it a C plus just because I, I I did think that it was a weird pick. It just kind of came out of nowhere. But again, it's the fifth round and you want to have guys who are special teamers. And I think that you actually had like how many snaps he took at special teams. Yeah. So like that makes absolutely perfect sense. He had like what, 400? I go like 600. It's crazy. Oh, 600. See, that's perfect then. That, that sounds like a special teams pick if I had to predict. Yeah. So that's crazy there. I'll say that CC plus for me. I mean, yeah, he's not you know, probably going to make an impact right away. But if you get a special teams guy here in the fifth round, I think that's good with me. Uh, the Colts surprisingly actually added to their tight end room with their next pick. They go tight end Will Mallory, which is interesting. Six foot five, ran the fastest 40 combine uh, in the in the NFL draft for the 2023 draft uh, for a tight end. And, you know, this is interesting, man, because – the Colts already have a ton of tight ends, right? They drafted uh, Jelani Woods last year, Kylie Grantson the year before. They have Mo Ali Cox. They signed it, signed Farrell Brown. They obviously drafted Drew Ogletree as well last year. And people think, oh, maybe he could have some upside, you know, because he got injured last year, but he was really killing it in camp for what people were saying. So, I mean, where in the world does Will Mallory factor in here? You know, it's interesting. I. I did not like this pick at all. This is probably my least favorite pick of the entire draft and the one that made me scratch my head the most. But given given context now, all right, so number one, you are definitely dealing Mo Cox. He's getting paid, by the way, more than any of these guys. All right, and he caught less passes last year than Jelani Woods, who had like 24 or 25 catches. Okay, that's all I need to say. Um, not the numbers of a three-year, $18 million contract. So they need to deal that off. He, You can just assume he's gone. So then you've got four tight ends. You've got Farrell Brown, who's the blocker. You've got Andrew Ogletree, who could be the high upside blocker. Then you've got Jelani Woods, who's the clear starter, and Kylan Granson, who's kind of the slot dude or the, the, the pass-catching specialist. I don't know if they're entirely sold on Granson. 
Okay, but also maybe this is because they want to have sets where Shane Steichen's got two slot tight ends out there and it's a red zone and you got Anthony Richard back, Richardson or Minshew, whoever, empty set. You got two tight ends as the slot. You got two outside receivers because you want big bodies. You want mismatches. It could be something like that. I still give it a C minus just because I don't even feel like they needed tight end. Three or four of these guys are going to make it. So I feel like they had three or four already that pretty much could make it. But then again, we're just, you know, we're just podcasters. But I, I, gave, I gave it a C minus. I wasn't really the biggest fan. You're muted. My bad. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> um, I think just for me, uh, this is obviously fifth round pick. You're going off of traits anyway. Six foot yep. five, the, the fastest 40 in the draft for tight ends. I think based off of those traits, I'll at least give it a C. For me, I'll at least give it a C uh, just because you don't know. Is he even going to make the roster a fifth-round pick? You never know with these guys. He could, he could not. But I'm okay with going for the traits here. It's one of those guys where it's not necessarily a need, but best player on your board, you go and get him, and maybe he could be a matchup nightmare for some teams and and could really help you out you know, in the pass department because you know Kylan Granson, as much as we like him, and I think he's a good player, he didn't really have a lot of like, catches last year still. So maybe you do feel like you need to add a little bit more of that, you know, res- pure receiving tight end. You need to add that guy that's got to get a little bit more yards after catch and stuff like that. And Mallory certainly can do that and add that to that to, to this offense, a little bit of a different element there. So I just think you're trying to get better at that position in that way. And I think that pick makes sense there. Although it's not necessarily a need, I can see totally why the Colts decided to go this direction. Uh, the Colts also added another skill position here. They took running back Evan Hall and out, and out of Northwestern. I think, you know, out of all of the running backs in this draft, he was one of the best receiving options out there. I really do feel that way. You know, obviously he wasn't a great program last year, but he was their offense last year. I mean, he caught, well, like 55 passes last year. And he had a game where he had over like 250 receiving yards. I mean, this dude just factors in so well with what the Colts offense is missing right now from their running backs. When you lost Naheem Hines, you hoped one of these guys would step up. Although I really liked Zach Moss last year, he didn't really play that role. And so you kind of needed another receiving back in there. And I felt like Evan Hall, for what he was able to do in his time in college, I felt like he was a good pick here. Yeah, and Evan Hall, the reason the reason that I love this pick is so much is because I mean you're, you're not usually when you talk about receiving backs, you talk about guys that are like five eight, five nine, you know, maybe five ten, and they're like maybe 170 to 190, 195 pounds. Usually they're lighter, a little quicker. This is a dude who is five foot eleven or two hundred and ten, two hundred and fifteen pounds, and he's a receiving specialist. This is gonna be a nightmare for linebackers to cover if he can break his routes quick enough and be that big and physical i mean my goodness that is a fantastic addition to your receiving core plus you're surrounding anthony richardson with more reliable weapons he's got a slot guy now and he's got a close he's got a receiving specialist think about that that's so you can get those checkdowns out all right no offense that's this is no knock on taylor or moss they're not receiving backs they're just not everyone's like why doesn't jonathan taylor get the ball more He's just not a receiving guy. He's more of a get the handoff, take off type guy. He's find the hole, find the gap. Him and Moss are still, 
you know, they can be legitimate receiving options. But then you have um, Deion Jackson, who obviously did great things out of the passing game. But you want to make sure, kind of going back to the offensive line talk, make sure he is a legitimate receiving back because this guy has a lot of upside. I mean, Hull has a lot of upside in the Shane Steichen offense. That's why I give this an A minus. I think that um, it's to help Anthony Richardson. They're surrounding him with weapons, and you're getting a huge, huge. Res- I mean, for a receiving back specialist, that's a big body. So I think that it. I think he could be really interesting and could pose some real big mismatch issues for linebackers. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll go with you there. I, I think it's a really good pick here for where you're at. You get a guy that could potentially be lethal in this offense if utilized correctly. Um, and we oh, yeah. know how important it is to have a different type of running back like that. I mean, we just wish that the Colts would have used Naheem Hines more. But you remember their best season as an offense, Naheem Hines was one of their leading receivers. And so, you know, if you can use a guy like him, Jordan Hall here, and really like utilize his talents. I really do think that Evan Hall could be a really good selection here for Indianapolis. I mean, kind of a steal here, you know, going into the fifth round, the end of the fifth round here. You never know, man, but if he can contribute at all in this offense and make a difference, I think it's a good pick. Oh yeah. I absolutely love it. Cool. All right. So here's a guy that is the most, nobody knows anything. I don't feel like Titus Leo. They brought him in. Uh, small school guy. Nobody really knew a whole lot about him. I keep forgetting even where he went to college at this point. I've heard it like 100 times, and I still don't even remember the name of it. Uh, small school guy. Ballard seems like he has one of these guys about every single year in the NFL draft. Uh, but, you know, he's labeled as a linebacker. Does he play linebacker? Does he play more edge? Uh, what are your thoughts on Titus Leo? He still is. You know, an athletic guy, not maybe not quite as what we've been used to uh, with these guys scoring in the high nines, but he's still an athlete here, and the Colts could potentially use him here in the sixth round. Yeah, and he actually comes out of Wagner University. Wagner, I keep forgetting uh, that. Well, that's because, I mean, there's no, don't feel bad. I mean, that is a, when everyone heard that name, they're like, what? You know, so and you always get one of those, it seems like, with uh, with these late picks. But, look, this is a guy who is obviously from a small school, so his stats are very hard to put into perspective because he hasn't really played that competition that some of the other guys have. Right. But, look, this guy wasn't taken in the – he wasn't taken in the seventh round. He was taken in the sixth round by the Colts. So they must think something about him is going to stick out. I think that with him being 6'4", 245, that sounds – I mean, he played defensive end, I think. But I think that he's going to play a little bit of linebacker with that frame. I mean, he's lighter. Maybe he puts on some weight. But, man, what is he going to weigh at the most? Like 255, 260 pounds? I mean, that still sounds – I mean, that could be a defensive end, but that could also be a blitzing heavy linebacker. So I think that they picked him up because of his potential like versatility. So – just because it's an interesting like name from a school I've never heard of, and they took him before these last two guys, I'll give it a B minus. I'll trust it. It's uh maybe they have like a plan for him to play multiple positions. That's the only reason I can think they picked him. All right. I I just don't know where to even grade him. <laughs> I'm gonna go with yeah. B because I just purely don't know. I don't know yeah. with him. The biggest unknown in this draft for the Colts by far. Um, and obviously you always have questions about small school guys. Will it translate at all? I mean, you had a questions about EJ Speed, and it took him how many years to finally get up to par? Um, and he had even more physical traits. So I just, it's hard for me to like have a grade on this. So I'm just going to go see, kind of right in the middle. We'll see what happens. 
He may be yeah, camp body. He may do something. I don't know. But all right. Yeah, the Colts had two picks in the seventh round. You already mentioned uh, they drafted another corner. We'll talk about him real fast here. First, Jalen Jones, another big corner that they added, a physical corner, uh, another RAS king here. Uh, talk to me about him and maybe what he can provide. Well, this is this is a guy who's um, he's six two. He's two hundred pounds. He's more of your your you know blunt force type of co- cornerback. So he's a dude who who doesn't move the fastest. He's like he runs like a four six forty. Which by the way, Adebayore runs his forty faster again than another defensive back. Just saying that. Um, but regardless, this is a guy who, because he's a little bit slower, he's, he's probably going to be stronger in man coverage because he's heavier. He's going to be able to push you at the line of scrimmage right off those routes. Now he's going to have to learn to play a little bit more zone, which is where he's, that's his weakness actually. So I think that in Gus Bradley's scheme, it'll be interesting where they put Jones, but the fact that they took a third defensive back and they're all three competing. I love the pick, actually. I'll give it a B minus because who knows what he could become. He's a big, solid dude. If he could get a little quicker and just get a little better in zone, he might also be in there mixed with Rush and Burns. Yeah, I mean, you bet on the traits here again. I mean, this is like I keep saying it, but that's exactly what you're doing, right? What you do in these rounds. I think for me, C plus, B minus, right? The talent is there. It's not a question. He's got the physical tools. He's just got to refine some things in his game. And I thought, you know, from what I've heard, he actually looked pretty good in college too. Uh, You just question, you know, can he fix some of those things at the level? Can he maybe get faster at all? I don't know. But but yeah, man, I just viewed it as something where you just bet on the traits and you see what you got in him and maybe he competes and maybe he's a player. I mean, you did the same thing with Rodney Tom last year in the seventh round. You drafted a guy that, you know, he had no idea what he was going to do. Was he going to make the roster? Was he going to contribute? I'm not saying it's going to happen this way. But it could. It could. You bet on the trace, you bet on the player, and you know if he's better and he turns out to be a steal like Thomas was last year, uh, you are very happy with this pick. But I thought it was very interesting that the Colts went with three corners in this draft. And I think it. this honestly eliminates the need, Drake, to go out and sign an outside guy. I think you let these young guys go. I think and I, I think if if for some reason they don't feel like Rush and Jones or Jones or both. Um, are ready for that step, and they really are uncertain still about Isaiah Rogers being the cornerback two or however that goes out, um, or if Brents becomes two and they're just still uncertain about whoever. They might go out and get a guy that's more of your not household name like a Shaquille Griffin. I think everybody's been tying him to the Colts. I think he's wanting more money than they want than they want to actually pay him, which could be why they took a third guy, actually. Sure. Sure, for sure. Uh, all right, offensive tackle Jake Witt is the last guy the Colts took here, the 12th and final pick for the Colts. 12. The 12th. Crazy to say that. Um, <laughs> but they take another guy. He's a behemoth of a player, six foot seven. Got to add to that frame. Similar in a lot of ways to Freeland in terms of, you know, the frame needs to add to it, but he's got the size, he's got the height. He can build himself bigger and get stronger. And he's just an interesting prospect because. I was looking at his RAS score and everything outside of his weight and outside of his strength is all elite. Every single one is elite. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of the day, that he is so interesting because, like Bernard Ryman, and we we've we talked about this, you know, not even that long ago. 
But like Bernard Ryman, he played tight end and he was converted over to tackle because they felt like he could be he might be a little too big to play tight end, actually. So it's one of those things where you you were asking yourself last year, well, why would they take a guy who can you know, has such limited tackle experience. Well, Ryman actually was one of the best graded blockers last year. So if he can continue to roll that, that stigma is, is shattered that, you know, you should just over overlook a guy like this. So he's incredibly athletic. Like you said, he's going to have to bulk up. He's going to have to get stronger, but to be athletic in the highest grade on every other, you know, in every other slot, that's pretty impressive. I think that for such a late pick, I'm going to give it a B minus, but man, he is absolutely ridiculously elite. And I even put here with everything in place, if it all works out, the Colts could land a Hail Mary throw if he becomes a legitimate blocker. That's that's what I've heard from like different scouting reports on him. It's like he's a project, but he might be worth it. So yeah. take a chance oh, yeah. on him. See if he can develop. I mean, if he doesn't, worst case, he's a seventh round pick. You know, you move on. Last you pick your, of the draft. You cut your losses, right? And you have twelve, you have eleven other picks. So uh, he could be something. He could not be, and that's just kind of the risk with these guys. They could turn out. They could not. Uh, but man, I think that'll do it for the Colts recap here on the 2023 draft uh, draft grades. Here, Drake, what would you overall give this draft for the Colts? I know like different places have given the Colts a plus, but what would you give them? You know, um, I some of the some of the picks like well early on in the draft it was incredible. You know, I do like, I love the picks overall, but some of them were a little bit, hmm, like, what's that about? I'd give it a B plus. Uh, um, and, and then I, I kind of said, you know, actually between B plus and A minus. But I think just to be sincere, I'll give it an A minus just because they hit every single need. They put depth where it needed to be. And some of these guys are going to start and they could be fantastic. So, and, and if Anthony Richardson hits, well, there you go. There's the A minus. Absolutely. And I think people were asking, you know, you didn't really address interior offensive line. Well, you actually got the best guy left in the undrafted free agent pool, the guy out of Alabama. So, yep. I mean, you added there, you might add another outside free agent as well to compete with Will Fries. So I think the Colts knew that. They knew there'd probably be a guy there that they really liked that would be available. And worst case scenario, you go sign a vet. And, uh, you know, you go get a dress card maybe early next year or something like that. So uh, that'll do it for this one. Thanks, Drake, for coming on. Always a pleasure, my friend. And thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate it. As always, guys, go Colts. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com